BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Hey, Incline listeners. Looking to start your own podcast? Let me tell you about Anchor. First of all, it's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Now, you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so you can have it heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast as well with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. What is up, Dodger fans? Thank you for listening to The Incline. It's Thursday, July 11th. I'm your host, Kevin Klein. You can follow me on Twitter, at Klein25. The All-Star break has come and gone. We had a fun home run derby. Congrats to Pete Alonzo for taking home the crown. Also, props to Jock Peterson. I know you didn't win, but you took out Alex Bregman. So anytime we can cause a little misery to Astros fans, we'll gladly take that. The All-Star Game didn't go the National League's way once again. The AL wins their seventh in a row. Unfortunately, Clayton Kershaw got tagged with the loss, but that's okay. People around the world, they're going to blame Dodgers pitching for that blown game. That's because they're jealous. Nolan Arenado, he made a defensive blunder. At the end of the day, all I care about is the Dodgers holding that World Series trophy. All-Star Game, it's meaningless now. We can move on. The trade deadline season is just weeks away. This is like Christmas morning to me. On July 31st, I wake up. I get really excited to see who's going to get moved around. We had a couple of these highly rumored guys of being moved this deadline make appearances in the All-Star game. They didn't do too good. Makes me wonder... If they're going to blow it a, blow it again in the high leverage situation in the playoffs, I know the All-Star game doesn't count for anything, but sometimes being on that national spotlight, it's foreshadowing for things to come. 
first player I got to talk about, Brad Hand. He gave up a couple runs. It's not the first time he's been completely beat down on in a national spotlight. Last year in the ALCS, he gave up a f- couple runs as well. I don't know if Brad Hand is worth those top prospects. We'll see. And then Will Smith, he came in. He gave up a home run to Joey Gallo. Could be a red flag. That was a lefty-on-lefty matchup. But anyways, Dan Mets fans, you're not allowed. Sorry. Speaking of the Mets fans, I had one message me on Twitter the other day because I posted kind of what I would like the Dodgers bullpen to look like going into the playoffs. And I had Tony Watson on there. And I got a response. Why do you have Tony Watson over Will Smith? So I posted the fan graphs, kind of metrics showing that Tony Watson, Will Smith, they're not actually that far apart. And my argument was that Will Smith is going to come at double the value. Well, I guess he got really mad and said I was an idiot for believing that Tony Watson's even close to what Will Smith is. You know what? I don't want to pay that extra value for a reliever who's not even that much better than Tony Watson when Tony Watson has the playoff experience. It's going to come at half the price, and he was a Dodger before. So I found that a little obnoxious. But anyways, it's trade death. Trade deadline season, right around the corner. I'm very excited. We're going to get into that right now. Then we'll talk about the Dodgers road trip. So, realistically, there are two guys that I think the Dodgers are going to land right around the trade deadline. Two relief pitchers. One lefty, one righty. I'm going to predict that Tony Watson is traded from the San Francisco Giants to the Dodgers. He'll be that lefty reliever that we need. And we're going to give up not too much. We might give them Matt Beatty, Edwin Rios, Kyle Garlick. I really don't know, but it's not going to poach the farm. And then the other guy, I've been talking about him for months now, Ken Giles. I guarantee Ken Giles is going to wear Dodger blue, Come July and August, moving forward. He's that eighth inning guy we need. He's got the stuff. He's pitched in a World Series. He's won. We're going to give them Dennis Santana, Ross Stripling. Maybe one other complimentary piece. But the Toronto Blue Jays, they are desperate for starting pitching. I mean, when they're relying on Edwin Jackson, who's been on like 500 teams, and Clayton Richard, former Padre, You know they're in trouble. They're going to love the Ross Stripling all-star upside that they think he has. Ken Giles, he will be a Dodger. Guarantee. I'm very excited. I can't wait. People are bagging on him because he collapsed in the playoffs, especially against the Dodgers. Well, you know what? The Dodgers were meant to win that World Series, so of course they were going to rough up any pitcher. Don't underestimate our bats because... We can make any pitcher look bad. So when Ken Giles is wearing Dodger blue, he's going to turn the corner. He'll be like a LeBron James who kind of disappeared in the finals, then redeem himself. I feel really good about this one. He's got a nasty slider. He throws close to 100 miles per hour. That's not the only move the Blue Jays are going to make. I'm also predicting they're going to move starter Marcus Stroman to the New York Yankees. (laughs) 
I know some Dodger fans think we should trade for Stroman. I'm not a believer in this guy. I know he can be on sometimes, but he relies too much on soft contact, and I really don't want to trust that kind of thing in the playoffs. I actually think he's the kind of pitcher the Dodgers could beat up. He's not going to get many strikeouts. He relies on ground balls. So I embrace him going to a team that the Dodgers will face because I really think, given the matchup, we will own him. Madison Bumgarner. I think he will definitely get moved this trade deadline. And I'm going to go with the Atlanta Braves. The Braves desperately need a starter. They want to make the playoffs. Obviously, World Series is on their mind. Mad Bum seems like a pretty Southern guy to me. Perfect fit. We'll call Bumgarner to the Braves. Now, I don't have any inside information. This is all just guts right now. This could change on a weekly basis. So let's just stick to what I'm going with right now. I might change some things up in the future. Could be completely wrong on all of these, to be honest. No guarantee. Will Smith, the relief pitcher from the Giants, he is not going to wear Dodger blue. I actually think the Boston Red Sox are going to pay a lot to get him. We're going to go with Will Smith to Boston. That's not the only move they're going to make. In the offseason, I said the New York Mets were going to be sellers. I was not buying that their team was any good. Looks like I was right. The Mets are awful. They're going to be major sellers this trade deadline. And the first guy they're going to move is Zach Wheeler. Starting pitcher for the Mets. I'm also predicting he will go to the Boston Red Sox. I do think there's an outside chance the Dodgers can land him, but no. Boston Red Sox for Wheeler. And then the big move, the big surprise of this trade deadline. Going to come out of nowhere. It's going to shock a lot of people. Noah Syndergaard is going to get moved And he's going to end up with the San Diego Padres. Yeah, it might seem crazy that the Padres would make this kind of move. They're not trying to win in 2019, but for sure in 2020 and 2021, they want to be at the top. So this is where they sneak in, get their guy, Noah Syndergaard, to the Padres. Feeling kind of 50-50 on that one, but the more I think about it, I think it could happen. Cardinals, they're going to make a relief pitcher move, so they might pick up Alex Colomay from the White Sox. And then the Cubs, they need an infielder, so they're going to get Jonathan VR from the Baltimore Orioles. Shane Green, another guy out there that's rumored to be dealt. We're going to go with the Minnesota Twins for him. And then Nick Castellanos, a guy that the Dodgers were kind of linked to at one point. He's going to end up with the Texas Rangers. And then the Milwaukee Brewers, they desperately need a pitcher. They're going to struggle to find anyone good. And then they're going to get desperate. They're going to pick up Mike Leake from the Seattle Mariners. And then I think the Phillies, they want to spend stupid money. They really think this is their year, even though they're a wild card team at best. The Phillies, out of nowhere, take on the large contracts from the Arizona Diamondbacks. They're going to trade for Zach Ranke. And then last but not least, this is where it kind of depends how these last few weeks shake up for the Cleveland Indians. If this guy is healthy, can prove he can pitch in September and the postseason, I could see out of nowhere, Corey Kluber. This is 
the wild card trade right here. Corey Kluber is dealt to the Los Angeles Dodgers. And we're going to give them Jock Peterson. And more, obviously, but Jock Peterson is the headline. So I'm very excited to see what happens with the trade deadline. We're going to talk more and more of that over the weeks. We'll get a better idea of what actually goes down when we get closer to that July 31st deadline. It's time to talk some business, though. The Dodgers, they're going to face the Boston Red Sox. And you know what? Fuck Boston. Pardon my language, but fuck the Red Sox. I can't stand that franchise. I can't stand their fans. I can't stand their accent. You know what? Screw Mark Wahlberg. He's a shit actor. I don't care what people say. He can't act worth shit. He's just a model. Their city is nothing great. I asked a poll. Basically, the poll was, as a Dodger fan, which franchise do you dislike more? And it was the Boston Red Sox or the New York Yankees. And we're almost to 100 votes, and it looks like the New York Yankees actually got more dislikes, 53% to 47%. So people still holding on to that hate for the Yankees. And you know what? I can completely understand that. If you grew up in a time period where the Dodgers and Yankees faced off a lot in the World Series, then yeah, there's going to be a lot of resentment. But to me, I like New York. I like Broadway. I like this city. I like Times Square. I like the pizza. I even like the people there. Yeah, the fans are kind of loyal to a fault. In a way, they remind me, to, they remind me of Lakers fans. They think they have the best team going into the season every year, just like Lakers fans do. They could have the worst roster assembled, and they'll be like, oh, yeah, that guy is so better than him. Right now, Lakers fans think Alex Caruso is better than Patrick Beverly. Give me a break on that one. It's just like when I was overhearing Yankees fans in New York last season. They were talking about how the Yankees were so much better than the Boston Red Sox. Was really tempted to say something to them, but I didn't want to get beat up. And that playoffs played out for themselves. The Red Sox whooped on the Yankees, so I'm sure they were sad about that. Different year, though. I definitely think the Yankees are better than the Red Sox this season. Actually... So the Dodgers are 60 and 32. They're 13 and a half games ahead of the Arizona Diamondbacks right now. They're five and a half ahead of the Atlanta Braves for the best record in the National League. And they're only one game better than the New York Yankees for the best record overall. And then the Boston Red Sox, they're 49 and 41 on the season. They're actually not even projected to make the playoffs if the season were to end today. They're two back in the wild card. So, this is actually your 2018 World Series rematch where, unfortunately, the Red Sox beat the Dodgers in five. That game four, to me, it was all the difference in the world. If Dave Roberts didn't blow that game, it would have been a 2-2 series. And you never know what could have happened. So, I was really pissed that we lost to the Red Sox. I've had to live in an era now where I've seen four Red Sox World Series championships I mean, the one in 2004 was cute. They came back from a 3-0 deficit against the Yankees. Respect that. Then in 2006, we lose J.D. Drew. He wants to opt out, leave L.A. He doesn't like it here. 
ends up signing with the Red Sox. They go on to win in 2007. And then I believe in 2013, they beat the St. Louis Cardinals to win again. And the Cardinals, if you recall, were the team that beat the Dodgers in the NLCS. So that was freaking annoying. And now in 2018, the Red Sox beat the Dodgers when they're fourth in this 20-year span. On top of that, we've had to witness four Giants World Series appearances where they've won three of them. And then if you're a Rams fan, we just had our team lose to the Patriots in the Super Bowl. So it's getting pretty freaking annoying that we keep losing to Boston teams. Thank God the Celtics only beat the Lakers once and the Lakers got back at them in 2010. But it's it's crazy. What's What else is crazy is the Yankees, the last time they won a World Series was 2009. While the Lakers, the last time they won a finals was 2010. So that tells you that it feels really long since the Lakers have won anything, but it's been even longer for Yankees fans since they've won a trophy. The two most prestigious franchises in all of sports haven't won in nearly a decade. Okay, back to the Red Sox. So this is in Fenway Park. It's a weird ballpark. They have the Green Monster out in left field. And then in right field, they have a very short... When it wraps around, it's very short. You got the pesky pole. I think it's barely 300 feet. It really takes a pull hitter to get those home runs, though. Out in center, it's very deep. I expect it to be pretty moderate in temperature. Summer shouldn't be too cold. We have a lot of right-handed bats, so definitely we want to look out to see if any of them can hit it over the green monster. Matt Kemp, he did it against Chris Sale in the World Series. That was pretty cool. Red Sox have already announced their probable starters. And luckily this morning, the Dodgers announced their probable starters as well. So we got the matchups. I'm not too thrilled about who the Dodgers thrown out. Touched out. Touch on that in a second. So it starts with Friday's game, which will start at 4 o'clock Pacific time. Eduardo Rodriguez, the lefty. He's 9 and 4, 465 ERA, 106 strikeouts. He can throw a fastball about 50% of the time. It's going to average around 93 miles an hour. He also will throw a changeup. It's a hard changeup, 87 miles an hour. Then he'll throw in a cutter and then the occasional slider. The thing with Rodriguez is he can get very wild at times. He'll definitely walk a lot of guys if he's off. His other issue has always been injuries. This guy seems to be hurt every season. Eduardo Rodriguez, if you remember, he gave up the big home run to Yasiel Puig in the World Series, and then he threw his glove on the ground like a sore loser. Very beatable pitcher. I'm not worried, too worried about this guy. Dodgers will have the DH, so they're going to have all their bats in the lineup. Kenta Maeda taking the mound for the Dodgers. The key for Maeda is going to be efficiency. If he can avoid those innings where he's throwing 25 to 30 pitches and keep it pretty consistent, then Maeda will be fine. But if he struggles with command, walks some guys, he's not going to last very long. This guy will go from anywhere 
75 pitches in an outing, sometimes he'll get it up to 100. So we'll see how Maeda does. Then the next game features their ace, Chris Sale. He's 3-8. and eight. Pretty shocking to hear that he's only 3-8 and eight on the season. He's got a 4.04 ERA, but he's got 153 strikeouts. I mean, that's a lot. He throws a very hard fastball, and he throws one of the nastiest sliders in the sport. He gets a lot of swing and misses. Dodgers saw him in the World Series. Former White Sox, they gave up Juan Moncada to get him. It's obviously paid out. We're not going to have an easy time with Chris Sale. I could definitely see us getting 10 strikeouts, maybe more, maybe less. I really don't know. And the Dodgers, they're going to throw out Ross Stripling. I haven't been too big on Stripling this season. He's going to be a future Blue Jay soon. I'm not worried. He's got a 3-3 three and three record. His ERA is now 3.79. Continues to go up by each start. He's just looking mediocre out there. I worry for Stripling. He's the kind of guy that the Red Sox could pound to death. Stripling relies a lot on contact, which is not good when you're facing the Red Sox who don't strike out a lot. Give you some stats on their offense in just a moment. And then the final game, David Price. The Price was right in the World Series. That was bullshit. Never won a postseason game till 2018. He won one game against the Astros. And then out of nowhere, he becomes Cy Young against the Dodgers. David Price, unfortunately, will be, he'll be pitching with a heavy heart. He lost his loved one, Astro the dog, just the other day. So I'm sure David Price will be, will be dedicating this performance to Astro the Bulldog. And then he'll take on your National League All-Star starter, and leading Cy Young candidate, Hunjin Ryu. Now, last time Ryu pitched in Boston, it did not go very well. He had two, he had two outs. Nobody on. Gave up a single to Christian Vasquez. Then Mookie Betts got on base. And before you know it, the inning completely rattled apart. Raveled apart. But Ryu is a better pitcher this year. It'll be interesting to see how he does on the road in Fenway. David Price, he's 7 and 2, 324 ERA, 95 strikeouts. Now the Red Sox, they're 17th in baseball overall in team ERA. They got a 4.59 earned run average, while the Dodgers are second in baseball. They have a 3.32 team ERA. Now the bullpen for the Red Sox, 15th, 4.44 I feel like every team, for whatever reason, moves up to that 15th range when we face them. Don't know what's up with that. But anyways, the Dodgers. They're 8th now in bullpen ERA, which is remarkable considering just a month ago they were like 22nd. Well, now they have a 395 bullpen ERA. Really helps when Joe Kelly becomes more consistent. Speaking of Boston, Joe Kelly was on Boston last year. Now he's with the Dodgers. Hopefully he can make a appearance there and do very well and then you have 
Kenley Jansen, he had a nice month overall. Dylan Floro was doing okay. But Julio Urias was the star. I think he's the real anchor for that bullpen of why it's turned around so much. If Stripling or Maeda are off, then for sure look out for Julio to come out of that bullpen and make three innings. Two, three, we'll see. The bullpen for the Red Sox, not as dominant as it's been in years past. They no longer have Craig Kimbrell. Now they have Matt Barnes, who looks like he's their closer. He's not like their permanent closer, but he is for now. Then they have Brandon Workman, setup guy, Hembry. He's all right. In that bullpen, they have Steven Wright, the knuckleball pitcher who got busted for PEDs. It's pretty weird to think of a knuckleball guy getting busted for performance-enhancing drugs, but Steven Wright's your guy. And looks like he's put on a little weight since then. He now has some noticeable man boobs. And anyways, the Red Sox, their offense, this is where it gets pretty intense. They're number one in baseball in runs scored. They've scored 509 of them. The Dodgers, they're seventh. 480 runs scored. Home runs, Boston ranks 12th, 131 of them. The Dodgers are fifth, 146. And then overall, the Red Sox have the number one team batting average, 272. The Red Sox, they're 20 and 22 at home. So it's weird to see the reigning World Series champs underperforming at home, under 500 right there. And the Dodgers, they're 23 and 20 on the road. So on paper, it looks like the Dodgers have the upper hand. Obviously, things change in an instance. The Red Sox lineup is no joke. I mean, their outfield starts with Andrew Benintendi, Jackie Bradley Jr., and then Mookie Betts, who won the MVP last season. Betts, who many wanted to say was better than Mike Trout, looks like he's not keeping up with that consistency because he's only batting 272, 13 home runs, and 40 RBIs. The 40 RBIs kind of jumped out to me because I'm pretty sure Kike Hernandez has more RBIs than that. And then they have a young third baseman who has a really baby face. The guy looks like he's 14, but he's not, clearly. Rafael Devers, batting 324, 16 home runs, 62 RBIs. Every time I tune into a Red Sox game, Devers seems to be in the middle of things, always getting a hit, never strikes out, puts that ball in play. So we got to watch out for that guy because I remember he got some hits in the World Series as well. Steve Pierce, the World Series MVP, going back to his normal boring self, hasn't done much this year. At shortstop, though, Xander Bogarts, pretty good hitter. Is he better than Corey Seager? I don't think he is. And then at first right now, due to an injury with Moreland, they got the rookie, Michael Chavis. He's got 15 home runs, so doing pretty well as a rookie right there. And then J.D. Martinez, their D.H. This guy is always a threat to get the big hit. He's got a 304 batting average, 18 home runs, and 48 RBIs. I feel like J.D. Martinez has always had 
those big hits against the Dodgers, whether it was a Diamondback or a Red Sox. Mash is left-handed pitching, especially sinker pitches. Be careful with J.D. Martinez, guys. So this series, it's going to be interesting. I'm a little worried going in. It's going to be tough. It's going to be loud. Right now, I'm thinking that the Red Sox, they're going to win this series two games to three, unfortunately. One of the games that's going to come down to the eighth inning. I think the Dodgers will run away with one of them. I think the Red Sox, they're going to beat up Ross Stripling. And then that final game, Hunjin Ryu and David Price, it's going to come down to the bullpen. That'll be the swing game. After the Red Sox, the Dodgers go off to Philadelphia. Don't know if I'll have time to cover that series or not, but real quickly, obviously the guys to watch out for, Bryce Harper, Reese Hoskins, McCutcheon tore his ACL, so we won't see McCutcheon. They now have Jay Bruce. He wasn't with them last time the Dodgers faced off. Uh, Gene Segura, good shortstop. JT Realmuto, their catcher. Aaron Nola, Jake Arrieta. Those are two starters to keep your eye out on. Velasquez could be in there. And Zach Eflin. Four-game series with the Phillies. So that's what's coming up for the Dodgers on the road trip. One of the teams that I'm going to predict have a tremendous second half. We're talking things around baseball now. For the National League, I'm going to go with the St. Louis Cardinals. I was very high on this team entering the season. They're 44-44. and 44. That's underachieving, to be honest. They're only two games back of the Cubs, though, in the NL Central. So I think the Cardinals, they're going to surge. They're going to really heat up once August rolls around. I'm not buying into the Milwaukee Brewers. They are exactly where I thought they'd be. They're barely over 500. They just don't have good pitching. So if the Cardinals can really pick things up, it's going to make sure, it's going to make that Cardinals Cubs playoffs thing happen. Be cool to see them face off against each other. And for the American League, I think the team that's going to have the best second half I'm going to go with the Angels. Right now the Angels are 45 and 46. They're pretty far back of the Astros, 12 and a half. But in terms of the wild card, they're six and a half out right now. I think they're going to rally together for Tyler Skaggs. And I really think the Angels, they may not make the playoffs, but they're going to be right there. They're going to be at some point two back. This team's going to rally together. Mike Trout, he's going to go on to win MVP. I know they lost Tommy LaStella, but Shahei Otani, now that he's fully healthy, not with the pitching, obviously, but the hitting, Otani is going to have one of the best second halves in all of baseball. So I'm going to go with the Angels as your second half team for the American League. Thank goodness the Dodgers got three of their starters back. A.J. Pollock, Corey Seager, and David Fries, all expected to return to the lineup right away against the Red Sox. So we lost Beatty, Garlic, and Rios. I believe those are the guys that got sent down. I'm really excited to see what A.J. Pollock does. 
you'd be surprised how successful Pollock has been against teams like the Rockies and the Padres. It's almost like trading for a bat without giving anything up because, you know, AJ Pollock, he has all-star upside and he could really be the X factor for the Dodgers in the postseason and, you know, just the future in general. He's a right-handed bat. Hopefully he can hit those lefties. So I really believe AJ Pollock's going to be huge for us. And then obviously Corey Seager, all-star shortstop, was hitting over 400 before he got hurt. Hopefully he still has that momentum going. Seager is a huge bat for the Dodgers. Thank you, Chris Taylor, for filling in nicely while Seager was down. And then David Fries, the dude is just clutch. So it's always nice to have that clutch bat in your lineup. Um, around the league, besides that, if the playoffs were to start today, the Washington Nationals, at one point they were 12 games under 500. Well, now they're five above 500. They're your wild card leader. And then the Phillies, they're literally a half game behind them. So the Nationals, Phillies, wild card right there. Tampa Bay, Cleveland, your wild card teams right there. Overall, the Yankees, top team in the American League. But the Twins and Astros are literally right there as well. Atlanta Braves have a six-game lead in the East, and the Cubs have a half-game lead in the Central. So a lot of baseball to be played out. It's going to be a lot of trades. Going to make sure to keep you guys updated on a weekly basis. You can follow me on Twitter, at Klein25. You'll have all the interaction there, the hot takes. No Mets fans allowed. It's good to see the Giants down there in last place. I really think they're going to blow things up come deadline season. They just need a lot of pieces. Bumgarner on the move. Will Smith on the move. Who knows? Maybe Buster Posey gets moved. Probably not, but you never know. They might trade their giraffe Brandon Belt. Just a lot of things to be seen. Anyways, hope you all have a great weekend ahead. Hope your 4th of July was good. It's time for that second half push. The post-All-Star break. Let's go. Finish it strong. All right, go Dodgers. Kevin Klein, out.